Paul has suggested to the captain that it would be a good idea if they didn't sail. And the captain decided to uh, ignore the advice. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought they'd obtained what they wanted. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Corda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. When the men had hoisted it aboard, they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Fearing that they would run aground on the sandbars of Syrtis, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God, whose I am, and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So most of our characters in our People of Hope series on Sunday mornings have come from the Old Testament. We've had Job, Esther, Ruth, and Noah so far. And we have on Sundays in the next few weeks, Nehemiah, Joseph, and Isaiah still to come. But this morning we went into the New Testament with the Sermon on Jesus as a Child of Hope. And this evening again we're in the New Testament with this story of Paul and thinking especially about the hope which he displayed in what seemed to be a hopeless situation. So let's just catch a, a little bit of the story here because uh, this is a one-off this evening. It's not as if we've been uh, working our way through Acts or anything like that. We're just coming to this as a one-off tonight. Uh, I don't know how your sort of long-distance vision is uh, to see this screen, but I'm sure you can work it out as uh, the Mediterranean, and this was Paul's final journey from setting off from Caesarea and, and making his way, uh, skirting on the southern part of the island of Crete, and then uh, shipwrecked across on Malta on the left-hand side of the screen, and then finally journeying up the coastland of Italy and landing in Rome. That was the route that this particular journey took. How many times had Paul been in danger before and nearly lost his life? 
Well, actually, when you read through the story of Acts, the answer would be many times. There was his escape from Damascus in Acts chapter 9, which was a hair-raising moment. There were dangers in Jerusalem. There was persecution in Sidian Antioch. There was uh, stoning in Lystra. He was put in prison in Philippi. There were some riots in Ephesus. He was arrested in Jerusalem. There was a plot to kill him. And now he was in danger at sea. So the Apostle Paul knew about challenging and dangerous situations. He'd encountered them many times. But my instinct is suggest that this is the biggest scare of them all. Uh, I don't know about you, but I think the whole idea about being caught in a storm at sea is one of the most terrifying things. A gentle southerly breeze became a wind of hurricane force. And that northeasterly wind swept down from the Cretan mountains, forcing his ship out into the open sea. In desperation, the crew took a number of actions. They hauled the lifeboat aboard. They frapped the vessel, passing the ropes underneath the hull. They lowered the mainsail or the sea anchor to act as a brake. They jettisoned some cargo and threw over some of the ship's equipment. But they suffered 11 more days of raging storm. Hardly surprising that the crew gave up any kind of hope of being saved. It was surely one of the most terrifying moments in Paul's life. And there's no doubt that everyone around him on the ship at that time were totally lacking in any sense of hope. So how did Paul intervene on the ship in this situation? He was, of course, there as a prisoner. He was on his way to uh, stand before Caesar in Rome. He was under guard. But he was also an experienced traveler. We know that he'd sailed around the Mediterranean several times before in previous voyages. Indeed, one calculation suggests that we have on record 11 voyages before he set sail for Rome, that he'd traveled more than 3,500 miles at sea. So he knew a bit about it. His advice, of course, was that they should have stayed on the south side of Crete in a sheltered location. It's actually one that I know quite well. I've been there a number of times on holiday. I expect some of you have as well. But the sailors overruled his advice and thought that they should sail further round the uh, western side of the island of Crete to another sheltered harbor. But in endeavoring to do that, the storm struck, pulled them away from the coast of Crete right out to sea. And eventually, miles and miles, days and days, of being swept along until they finally went aground at Malta. But as that story progressed, there were a number of times when Paul spoke into this situation. And the first time he said, keep your courage. He promised that not one of them would be lost, that only the ship would be destroyed. He referred to the visit of an angel who'd assured him that everyone would be saved and would in, that he would indeed stand trial before Caesar in Rome. So his first word to those who were on board with him was, keep up your courage. And he actually said it twice. Uh, we're in Acts 27, and it's verses 22 and 25, where this is recorded. 
And then the next thing he said to them was stay together. At this stage they were close to running aground, they thought that that's actually what was going to happen and uh, they were fearful that the ship would break up. So some of the sailors considered letting down the lifeboat, pretending that they needed it to lower an anchor, uh, but actually intending to use it to escape to the shore. And Paul said, no, if you're going to stay alive, stay together. And then, uh, just a little bit further on in the story, in a very practical way, he encouraged them to take some food. He said, for the last 14 days, you've been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you, take some food. You need it to survive. And he took some bread, gave thanks to God in front of all of them, and he ate some of it, and then he encouraged them, and they too started to eat. So I think in these interventions, we see the strength of the character of the Apostle Paul. It was, of course, an incident that came a bit later in his life. Maybe there wasn't so much evidence of that maturity in his earlier years. But here was, the, here was Paul at his best. He was Paul at his strongest. It says so much about holding on to God in difficult times. Keep up your courage. Don't be discouraged. Stay together. And do those things that are sensible, like taking some food to eat. We see in Paul someone of faith, of conviction, and of practical care. So in what sense are we in a stormy world today? Let's take this story and put it into our own lives. Uh, and there are lots of ways that we can think about this, aren't we? We could think about it uh, globally. And we could think about the international relationships across the world. We can think of those places where life is particularly, if you like, stormy. We could think indeed of uh, what we often come to in our thoughts and prayers, the ongoing conflict in Israel and Palestine. We could think of the uh, relationships that have recently been highlighted between America and Russia. We can think of some of those nations that are in constant civil war, in famine, in desperate circumstances. And in some of those international scenarios, we can feel that it's a stormy world. More locally, we can think about our negotiations with Europe, Brexit negotiations. And Evan was praying about this, particularly this morning. And such a challenging time for our country and how those relationships are to be worked through. But we can also come closer to home. We can think about our own lives. We can think about our personal anxieties. There may be something going on in your life at the moment that makes you feel as if you're living in a stormy world. There may be those things that are troubling you. There may be breakdowns in relationships, perhaps with friends, with work colleagues, with others in the community. And that generates stress and pressure and anxiety. Indeed, there may be pressure of work that just seems to be overwhelming and there's no way through. 
maybe that you have dreams or expectations of what you thought was going to happen in your life and it's not actually coming about. There may be something that would be described just simply as your personal storm, whatever it might be. There is something that causes you to identify with the story that we're thinking about this evening. You see, life is often good, and we have many blessings of health, work, recreation, family and friends. So often we have much to be thankful for. And sometimes when we think we have storms, they're little more than ripples on the water compared with what some other people are going through and some needs that are in other parts of the world. But the real storms are there too. And at times they can be all-consuming. There are times when we can be deeply fearful, genuinely anxious, unable to sleep well, troubled at a deeper level. And then there are times when we simply become discouraged and lacking in hope. Now the word hope is the word that we've used more than any other in recent months. It's our big theme for 2018. Our key word, if you like. But sometimes when you say something repeatedly, if it doesn't actually ring true, if it's not really happening, then you begin to feel totally despairing. That the word becomes distant from your experience. And so there are times when we become discouraged and lacking in hope. Fearful and introspective. And so we need to learn how to live well in both good times and hard times. And experience God in every situation in our lives. Let me suggest how you might find that hope which we speak about, which is in Jesus Christ. How can you come to a place where the Apostle Paul came of bringing encouragement, of being confident, whatever is actually going on in your life today? Let's look a little bit more closely at just two of those verses in the shipwreck story. That time when the angel of the Lord came to the Apostle Paul and was speaking into his life. And when that happened, verses 23 and verse 24, the Apostle Paul said, Last night, an angel of the Lord, whose I am and whom I serve, stood beside me. Let's just unpack that little phrase. It's easy to miss it in the story. But the angel of the Lord appeared to Paul, and he didn't just say an angel appeared. He said an angel appeared from the Lord, whose I am, and whom I serve. So the Apostle Paul knew where he belonged. He belonged to God. His anchor, his firm foundation was in the Lord. It was not in the circumstances of his life. It was in God. He was firmly anchored in God. He knew that he belonged as a child of God and as a servant of Jesus Christ, as a messenger of Jesus Christ. That was who he was. And that was who he served, whose I am and whom I served. He knew why he was there. He knew where he belonged. He belonged to God and he knew why he was here. He was here as a messenger of Jesus Christ. 
And then the angel also said to Paul, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And that wasn't just empty words. That was an assurance to the Apostle Paul that the perfect love of Jesus Christ drives out our fears. And we do not need to live in fear when we live with Jesus. Do not be afraid. For God has given you the lives of all who will sail with you. That was the particular promise. You see, the other promises were perhaps more general and apply immediately to all those who are following Christ. We all need to know whose we are and whom we serve. We need to know that our roots are in Jesus. We all need to hear the word, do not be afraid. And then the specific word for Paul on this journey was that God had given to him the lives of all who sailed with him. And maybe the application of that is that God has given to us the lives of those who are around us today so that we can be God's messengers to them and God's word of encouragement to them just as the Apostle Paul was God's word of encouragement to all those who were on that ship. Hear and believe the particular promises of God for you today. So that's how we find hope in Jesus. We know that we belong to him, that we serve him. We know his love that drives out our fears. And we know that he has given us the people around us so that we can encourage them, just as Paul encouraged those who were on the boat with him. So there is hope, whatever the storm. And we're encouraged to hold on.